Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Please keep us in mind when you're about to shop at Amazon. Start at pwtorch.com slash Amazon. That's pwtorch.com slash Amazon. Click on the Amazon logo on that page, and it takes you right to the Amazon homepage. But that two-second detour by starting at pwtorch.com slash Amazon means we get a commission on whatever you buy on that shopping trip. So every single time you're going to shop at Amazon, don't type in AMAZ. Stop right there and go to pwtorch.com slash Amazon. Thank you so much for your support. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, PW Torch and Spreaker bring you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's time for Wade's interview with one of Pro Wrestling's newsmakers. All right, Kevin, I'm going to begin with this question. Uh, one of the big questions coming into or to uh, Helena Cell on Sunday Will Charlotte be cheered and Becky Lynch be booed? Will it be a mix or will it be completely flipped? Well, based on what we've seen recently, uh, my educated guess is that Charlotte will be booed and that Becky will be cheered. Um, mixed, I, I, you know, I'm sure there may be some people that are cheering for Charlotte, but I think um, what I noticed this past week on SmackDown was that the fans don't dislike Charlotte in general. They only dislike her when she's going against Becky Lynch. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, given that, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a pro-Becky Lynch crowd for sure. Now, uh, having been on the creative team with WWE, I, I've been actually eager to ask you this question, which is how often did it come up 
that something would be done that everyone agreed maybe wasn't ideal, but it was done because the better option was off the table because of something that was planned later. And so that's the general question. Specifically, I'm kind of assuming with Charlotte, they needed an opponent for her, in their mind. We, we need, and they looked at the depth chart on, on SmackDown on the heel side. And other than Carmella, it's the Iconics, Sonya Deville and, and Mandy Rose. I mean, there's just there's nobody she can feud with on the depth chart. So they're like, well, Becky's really popular. So if we turn her, people will be really betrayed. Someone else maybe said, oh, no, she's too popular. Let's not do that. That'll ruin a character. We got something here. And they're like, but we have no other options. And someone said, why not turn Charlotte? And they're like, well, because Charlotte, we have this plan later on for that we're going to turn her heel later. And we want to do it with highest impact or whatever it is. And so they all kind of agree. They plug their nose and go, yeah, I guess we have to do this. Like, does that kind of compromise come up in terms of, like, you're going to throw an idea out there, but you know it'll get shot down because it's too soon for something or something contradicts it, even though what you're doing in the short term, everyone kind of agrees, ah, this, this is riskier. This isn't ideal. Well, you know, one thing that, that comes to mind uh, during my time there was, and this is a little bit different situation, but with Team Hell No, when Daniel Bryan and Kane were put together, if you'll recall at the time, they were feuding with each other. And so they became this odd couple tag team that couldn't get along. And the plan was always for it to be very uh, short term and for them to resume their feud against each other. But what happened was the fans just so took to them and that Team Hell No really got over as a unit that the original plan was scrapped. I remember Vince coming into a meeting one day and, and we were discussing it and he just said, you know what? Nobody wants to see them fight. They want to see them together. And they ended up getting a, you know, a run as tag team champions. I mean, there were other plans. I'm not going to say specifically, but there was another team that was basically slated to get the tag team championships and they knew about it. Um, and it kept getting pushed off because of team hell no. And they ended up actually not getting it for quite some time later. Um, so, you know, that, that's one instance that I recall where, you know, you call an audible as things go on and, and, you know, Vince says all the time, you know, we listen to the audience and I know people laugh at that because sometimes it's <laughs> Roman Reigns. Uh, it's clear that he's tone deaf to what the audience wants, but there are other times. And that was one of them where he said, no one wants to see them fight. And um, another instance was the shield. You know, we laid the groundwork for a shield breakup long before Seth Rollins was the guy to turn heel. Uh, if you remember, we were laying the groundwork for Dean Ambrose to break from the group. There was a lot of tension between Dean and Roman. And uh, Seth was kind of the voice of reason. And same kind of thing. It was like nobody wants to see them fight yet. It's premature. And all of a sudden that tension between Dean and, and Roman dissipated. And that, that storyline kind of went away. So it, it does happen. You know, I, speaking of the women in WWE, I'm wondering, I would love to know what the plan was for Sasha and Bailey. I mean, yes. you talk about something. I mean, we went through months and months of bickering and then getting back on the same page and attacking each other and, you know, counseling sessions and all this stuff. And now they're right back where they were, which is on the same page. So obviously I can't believe this was the original plan was we we're going to go through all this just to get back to the starting point. So somewhere along the way, clearly something changed. Uh, I don't know if it was, you know, was it the night that that uh, Bailey attacked Sasha and the whole you know place erupted in cheers. Was that the thing that that did it? You know, very similar situation to what we're seeing with Becky and Charlotte. But I, I'll just say this too, Wade. I I'm pretty much from what I see uh, online, uh, what I read from fans, and even you know people like yourself. I think I'm in the minority here, but I, I love the Becky Lynch heel turn. Um, 
I would have advocated for the same thing just because we've seen heel Charlotte and babyface Becky. We've seen that already. And I think this is something fresh. And I think it really spotlights Becky Lynch as a performer. I think she can really sink her teeth into this heel turn and show what, you know, range she has and versatility. But it just goes to show how modern wrestling and how modern fans kind of differ from yesteryear when if someone as beloved as Becky had turned heel, it would have been so generate so much heat. People would have been so invested because people bought into good versus evil. Whereas now, you know, the genie's out of the bottle. Everyone knows it's a work. Even if they did back in the day, they still took it more seriously. Now everybody knows. Now it's not about good versus evil so much as who's the office pushing and who do we as the fans want to push. So that's why you got the rejection of Becky's initial heel turn and, and Charlotte winning the title. Um, but I think if they just look at the big picture, this is going to be really good for Becky in the long run. I think she's going to win the title, and I think she's going to get a run as a heel, and I think she'll be a bigger star than if WWE had stayed you know, what looks like the more traditional course. And, okay, she's getting over as a babyface. Well, let's just give her the title. You know, I, I, just, I don't think, number one, Vince sees her. And this is just speculation. I think he looks at someone like Charlotte, someone like Alexa Bliss, and says, you know, they're kind of standard bearers. I don't think he really sees that necessarily with Becky Lynch as a babyface. As popular as she was, you know, she was always kind of playing third fiddle to uh, Charlotte and Sasha uh, since day one, since they first all came up together. So I don't know that he necessarily sees her as this long-running, big babyface, face of the, uh, of the division champion. But I think as a heel... I absolutely think she can uh, get a run and be an even bigger star than she was leading up to this. The question is, will the fans play along? You know, will yeah. they will they at some point say, okay, we get it and we really like, you know, the new Becky Lynch and we'll love to 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 hate her. You know, um, that remains to be seen. I think WWE is going to have an uphill battle, but I really hope they don't call an audible on this one. And we see some kind of a double turn or a switch or ambiguous. I think if they just go with this uh, and give Becky, let Becky have a real chance to flex her muscles as a heel to show what she can do. She's play, she's been a heel before in her career. She can do it. She knows what to do. Give her a shot and um, and let's play along for once and not let's as an audience member let's not make it be all about well who we want to push and we have to get the say let's just go along and enjoy it all right let's uh let's good discussion let's set the table here this is the wade keller pro wrestling podcast interview friday edition on september 14th 2018 i'm wade keller and i'm joined by kevin eck who is a former wwe creative team member and also a wrestling columnist. Actually, uh, many more years as a wrestling writer than uh, working behind the scenes in WWE. But he brings those two experiences to the table every time he's on the show with me. And it's always a great conversation with him. Kevin, welcome back. It's great to be back, Wade. Thank you for having me. Uh, Ke- Kevin, tell people how they can find your uh, current writings and, uh, and give a little background on your time in WWE. And heck, even get the social media plugs in here early on. Sure. I do a column for a Baltimore-based uh, media company called Pressbox. Uh, I have a column there called The Hot Tag that comes out every Wednesday. That's pressboxonline.com. I'm also a contributor to the Sporting News Wrestling Coverage and have a column that runs every Monday called Am I the Only One? where I uh, ponder sort of uh, rhetorical questions of what has gone on in uh, mostly WWE the previous week. That runs um, every Monday, and that's uh, on sportingnews.com. You can find me on Twitter. It's at the Kevin Eck, and uh, I don't think I think that's pretty much it. You, I also write for Ring of Honor, 
uh, periodically. You can find me on ROHWrestling.com, chiming in uh, on the Ring of Honor goings-on from time to time. Excellent. Uh, very good. Okay, a little bit of follow-up on uh, Becky Lynch and Charlotte, and then we'll move on to some of the other, the other matches here. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With, you know, like you mentioned, the Daniel Bryan situation and how he caught fire and they had different plans and they called an audible. Becky Lynch, and, and I agree that Vince doesn't, hasn't seen Becky Lynch as, as the Charlotte, Alexa Bliss, uh, type of talent. I, I've, I, I've said as Becky was getting these really big pops from crowds that really identified with her that Vince isn't going to identify with her. He's not going to get what people like about her. I mean, she's right. got this accent. Her body isn't like the other blonde women that he likes to push. And she's kind of quirky. And it's just not his type. And people like Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn think all guys are like them and they all have exactly <laughs> the same type. And this and everybody else is there to tell jokes and be made fun of. Right. Um, and, and that wasn't the case with Becky. So to me, Becky was more along the lines of Daniel Bryan. You don't mess with it. The headwind is way too strong. Someone like Becky coming along and having that kind of passionate crowd response that isn't manufactured by the machine. She wasn't chosen. And you're right. Fans do recognize – when something is 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 part of the machinery pushing pushing somebody and trying to get a certain response, but I don't think that's something where the fans should be scolded for that. I, I think or, or said, oh, you're being too smart. Go along with the program. Eat what you're fed. I think with Becky, that is what as a promoter you dream of. You look for that. Daniel Bryan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, when he broke out, when those things happen, you change all plans and embrace it and go. I am serving the fans, not me. I don't want to continually strong arm and muscle the fans into reacting the way I think they should. My job is to listen to them. And when something like Becky comes along where fans identify with her, I think she symbolizes how a lot of wrestling fans feel about their place in society and the underdog and they think things keep knocking them down, but they keep getting back up. That was money. And I think you adjust and you can make Becky – again, you can say here's what Vince thinks. I'm saying what Vince should adjust his thinking to be. I think Becky's crowd response was such where your job is let the fans cheer the Becky Lynch that they're cheering. Stay with that even if you don't understand it. And now his job is build up a line of three or four heels, long-term plan, and let her just tell the Becky Lynch story. Heel comes along, try to take her down. There's a match. There's another match, and then there's the finale. And then the next challenger is waiting there. And then they do one, two, or three matches, and the next challenge. It's easy. It's what he's going to do with Roman Reigns. Do it with Becky. That's my argument. I, and, and, and whatever you do with Charlotte, Charlotte's a better heel. It's not that she 
be she's already been there, and so let's not do it again. Charlotte's better as a heel, and Becky's better as better as a face. I think they got this backwards. Well, and I know that's the popular opinion. Um, I think because the the initial reaction is to say yes, Charlotte's a natural heel, Becky's a natural babyface. But but again, I would go back to. We've seen that already. We saw them as best friends. We saw them break up. We saw Charlotte as a heel and, and Becky as the face. Why not turn it on its ear and let's not go um, the predictable route? And I certainly see your argument of if it's not broke, don't fix it. I get that. Uh, my thing is let, let, let's just try something that the audience doesn't expect. And you know, uh, just to play devil's advocate, I can tell you probably within WWE there is a feeling – that, okay, we hear the fans are behind Becky, she's this underdog, and they really want her to get what she deserves and get to the top. But there are people in WWE who believe that people are much more interested, fans are more interested in the chase than once they get there. And that, and I heard this sometimes even with Daniel Bryan when I was there. It's that he's this underdog and he's constantly fighting against the machine, and that's why everybody loves him. But, oh, now he's reached the top. Well, now he's not the underdog, for, you know, in their minds. Obviously, he could still be portrayed as an underdog, even as a champion. But I think in their minds, it was like, well, the fans really wanted to see him get here. Now he's here. Um, and now they're not as, you know, now the chase is over. So now they're going to move on to something else. I can tell you that's probably um, what some of the feeling with, with Becky Lynch was. I think the heel turn with Becky was really WWE acknowledging we have something here with her. Um, so let's do something with her. And that something is, you know, a heel turn is it'll be a shocker. And, you know, I, look, I, I'm sure they're not stupid. I'm sure there were people there who were prepared that, you know, the fans really like Becky and, and some people might reject this initially. But again, I, I would just say let's let's see it play out. And I think for Becky Lynch, the performer, um, if you really are a fan of Becky Lynch, to me, I think you would want to see her really uh, show what she can do as an all around versatile performer. I think she's going to get a much bigger push. I could be wrong, but I think she's going to get a much bigger push as a heel and having a heel run as the champion than she would have ever had as a babyface. And I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it. I would look. I think she needs to go further. I think it's it's been a little bit too ambiguous so far yeah. because certainly, you know, I think heel turns are always good when you can sort of understand the heels motivations and you can certainly understand it with Becky but but you can't justify it too much to where you really identify with her and you feel well Charlotte got what she deserved because the way the story's been told Charlotte did nothing wrong so Charlotte is the the victim in this she really didn't do anything wrong in the storyline so I think you can sort of identify with Becky but then Becky as a heel needs to take it too far it's it was logical that she got frustrated it was logical that she snapped but I think now she just has to show a much more of a mean streak and turn it on the fans and not just Becky or not just Charlotte. It can't just be Charlotte's been overshadowing me. It has to be, you know, the machine here overlooked me. It has to be the fans. You And she did this a little bit in her initial heel promo, but it didn't go far enough. You know, that the fans, uh, they didn't get behind her enough and that she was trying to please them too much. And that kept her from getting where she really wanted to be. And now she's not worried about that anymore more i would have her go so far as to have rick flair and I've, I've written this if none of that worked i'd have rick flair come on the show make a special appearance have Char have have becky cut a scathing promo on rick <laughs> hell spit in his face if you have to now if anyone in the audience would still cheer becky lynch after that then i would throw my hands up and say <laughs> all right it's time to call an audible but i don't think wwe's gone all in on this yet and and until they do 
you know, I'm going to still continue to support and give it a chance. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, the, you know, you mentioned doing something predictable versus unpredictable. And, and, and I understand that. Like the idea of, you know, the product is predictable. Everybody sees it coming. Is that really entertaining? I, I think there's there's a place for that in 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 a thought process of what to do, but I, I don't I, I I sometimes hear that applied as a reason to do something crazy. It's like you know if if Toyota says let's be unpredictable and let's put the steering wheel in the back seat facing the wrong direction, nobody will expect that. Well, and again, it's an absurd example, but. The point of a car is to drive it safely, get from point A to point B, and have a good experience. In professional wrestling, I don't know that the the re, that the the money the the path to drawing money is to give the fans the most enjoyable, fun, exciting, exhilarating ride. And yes, some of that is wow, I didn't see that coming. But a lot of it is setting up the characters that people like against characters they don't for the reasons you explained. You know, Charlotte has to be sympathetic. Becky has to take things too far. Have her reasons, but take it too far. And 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 that's good. That's that's the foundation. But if you're forcing that unpredictability up against the natural flow, which is fans just really like Becky, I don't think unpredictability overrides the the headwind that they've put themselves in based on the crowd response so far. And going back to your original the original answer to my original question, the fans are probably going to be cheering Becky and booing Charlotte. So you're damaging Charlotte, and in a way, you're damaging WWE's goodwill with fans because it is a fact in this day and age that fans aren't looking to be surprised. They're looking to be entertained by having wrestlers cast in a way where the ones that they like, they get to cheer. And the ones that they have an issue with or don't like, they get to enjoy booing. And so in this, this is a case where I think, I wouldn't even call it an exception to the rule, but a time not to make an exception to the rule, where you go with it. And, and so even, even after that first week's promo, when Becky ripped on the fans, and then in all the replays, they edited out her ripping on the fans. Right. And, and I'm, that, that intrigues me, and I haven't quite figured that out. I'm curious your take on that. Is that an adjustment of her heel character, or is that trying to make her Stone Cold Becky, let's play it by ear, let's see how this goes, maybe we'll call an audible like we did with Brian and Kane, the example you brought up with Team Hell No. So anyway, a couple things there for you to respond to. Yeah, well, I'm also intrigued by the editing of that promo. And then my first thought was, all right, they've they're going to reverse course, and uh, they've they've listened to the reactions of the crowd, and they're going to decide not to fight upstream and just go with it. However, on TV, uh, Becky has clearly been the heel in this. Charlotte has 
you know, I think even more so, um, she's coming out with a <laughs> with a big smile on her face. She's uh, slapping hands with all the fans. She's saying all the right things. So it doesn't look like on TV they've reversed course, but certainly in that clip on WWE.com, they did. And look, nothing's done in WWE uh, by accident. I mean, clearly that was edited that way for a reason. So I'm not sure if that was a way for them to, you know, sort of leave themselves some wiggle room down the line. Uh, I think it's too early, you know, to see if they're still going to go all in on this. But let me clarify my statement about um, unpredictability. I-, I would never advocate unpredictability unpredictability, j- just for unpredictability's sake. That's a mouthful. Um, you know, I w- I've criticized, you know, I'll use Vince Russo as a – I know he's the whipping boy. But, I mean, there were plenty of times where he would have a swerve – just for the sake of no one would see that coming, bro. You know, and it's like, well, then after, well, why did that happen? It was, it's not logical. And how do we follow it up? It's like, well, we'll we'll figure that out later. Um, that's not what you have here. When I say unpredictable with Becky and Charlotte, I mean if you look at sort of their natural personalities, uh, personas. One is more natural heel, one is more natural babyface. But if you were paying attention to the build to their match at SummerSlam, I mean. No one should have really been shocked. I think all of the groundwork was laid for Becky to snap and turn heel. Uh, I mean, I saw it coming. I saw Charlotte winning the match, and I wrote it down. And you know, and when I did my predictions online, was that you know Charlotte's going to win the title, Becky's going to snap and turn on her. All the all the groundwork was there in their interactions leading up to it, in their backstage uh, uh, promos. Um, you saw that the friendship seemed to be much more important to Charlotte. Than it did to Becky. Becky was only going to still be Charlotte's friend if Becky won the championship. So I think it was all there. The only thing I would have done differently with how the match was laid out is I would have had Charlotte pin Carmella rather than sort of steal the pin on Becky, which again, that's uh, not, she didn't do anything wrong. It's just what you would expect any competitor to do in the match. But I think you could have made Charlotte even more sympathetic and made Becky less sympathetic had you had. Uh, Carmella take the pin rather than Becky. Now, that's a subtle thing. I don't know. Maybe it would have made no difference to the fans anyway. That just bottom line, Becky didn't win and they're and they're pissed off. I don't know. But look, I, I would still say, um, yes, there are times when you just go with it and you listen to the crowd. And there are other times I think you use your judgment and you say, you know what, this was our plan. And, um, and let's go with it and give it a chance. I just don't know that I would scrap it after a week or two. You know, let's get through this pay-per-view. Let's, let's really give Becky a chance to be a heel. And um, and like I said, if, if you go to the extremes, and, and Ric Flair example that I gave is certainly an extreme one, if the fans just aren't going to buy it, then okay, you can go the other way. But I know just me – I can only speak for me personally. I think Becky Lynch, as, as great of a baby face and all she was, I think her character kind of got a little stale as the always good Becky Lynch. I want to see something different. You know, Just as a wrestling fan, I always loved when the ultimate good guy or girl – you know, became the ultimate bad guy. And, um, you know, I, I just, I love to see a performer uh, just expand their horizons in that way and play, and, and hit a different note uh, as far as a character goes. And look, there's no, you know, uh, characters go back and forth all the time. I have a feeling if we get through this heel run with Becky, uh, ultimately down the line, she's going to turn back. And I think she'd be an even bigger baby face than if they had just stayed the course. That's my feeling. Who knows if it's true or not, but, you know, that, that, that's just I've seen that happen before where you need a guy or girl to turn heel to ultimately be a bigger baby face. 
Yeah, this, this is I, I love talking about this because it is I think it it what they're doing with Becky is, encapsulates a lot of booking philosophy talking points. You know, like where do you stand on something like this? And it's it's a great I think it'll be talked about for a long time as we see it play out as people question the initial decision and then evaluate the, the twists and turns along the way, audibles that were called, Becky reacting to the cheers and the Becky chants, how WWE responds. So I think Sunday is going to be another chapter in this. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's uh, let's move on to 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 the big match, uh, the the number one match on the show, which is Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, Mick Foley, a special referee, Helena Cell. You mentioned uh, with Becky that you know she has to have reasons to turn, but not the reasons can't be too good. Um, from a, a booking standpoint, what are Braun Strowman's reasons for turning? Uh, have they expressed them, articulated them, or are fans looking at Braun going, "What what happened to my Braun Strowman from a month ago?" I don't really understand why now he's back to where he was a year ago, being a monster of few words, just saying things in a gruff way, standing next to two other heels. Like, did they have that 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 the the explanation where fans can say, ah, that Braun Strowman that I liked a month and two, one, two, three, four, five months ago on this ride, he was never that guy. He was uh, he was always underneath it, a baby or or a petulant or a sore loser or that he was faking it like do we have that moment where fans can go that guy like now i know i shouldn't have liked him and i don't like him uh in a word no okay (laughs) no this is the exact opposite uh where i i just complimented wwe for laying the groundwork for a logical heel turn uh with with becky lynch uh none of that groundwork as you just pointed out was laid with braun Strowman. in fact if you want to talk about having a good reason um you know if anything to me, the shield were the heels because Braun was just doing what is his right to do, which is cash in his money in the bank contract. Here comes Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins to prevent him. Uh, um, and then they triple power bomb the guy through the table. Now, to me, that makes them the heels and that makes Braun the babyface. And I have to say, I'm a little bit surprised that it, it, it went, you know, I shouldn't be surprised that Roman's not a heel at this point. I mean, every time I, I, I you know, chastise myself for even thinking that it's possible that he's going to be part of a heel group. But I initially thought that's a heel turn for the shield, or at the very least, they're going to kind of become this rogue act that, you know, it's the shield against the world and they can fight baby faces and heels and they're sort of their own entity. I thought that's what we might be getting, but no, they're still the baby faces and Braun Strowman for some reason is a heel. To me, it makes perfect sense that Braun, knowing that he's now in a three-on-one situation 
uh, would want backup. And, you know, why not Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre? I mean, they've had some they've had success. They're they're a couple of badass guys right now. I could see him aligning with those two. They've had their issues with the shield. So I don't think Braun has done anything really uh, to get heel heat. And and it really that one is kind of head scratching unless you just consider Vince's obsession with wanting Roman Reigns to be the lead babyface and everything else, you know, be damned. Why they why Braun and Roman can't exist as as both baby faces or, you know, take Braun off the show and put him on SmackDown, do something. But um, I, I didn't see that heel turn coming. And, and I I just I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this was a really short term uh, heel turn just to get us to a hell on the cell pay-per-view. You know, maybe like when Shawn Michaels was a heel for his match with Hulk Hogan at SummerSlam and then immediately the next night turned back babyface again. I'm almost wondering is, you know, could you get something like that here where we immediately see uh, Ziggler and McIntyre turning on Braun and, and then, you know, Braun's back where he started. I don't know if that's going to happen. but uh, Would that damage Braun that he had the bad judgment to stand next to two guys with the track record that they have, especially Ziggler? And and stand next to them and align with two, you know, scumbags or, you know, abrasive personalities and expect to be able to trust them against a united brotherhood like the Shield. I mean, to me, you're, you're putting Braun in a position to, to, to look a little uh, little dimwitted. For sure. I think, you know, the only the only justification or rationalization you could have is that he knew and he pretty much verbalized this in his promo that. He knows with Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins around, he's never going to get a fair shake with Roman. It's going to be three on one. So you could you could spin it that well. It's smart for him to get two allies, and uh, and you know the two. It's like you know uh, the friend of the how's that go? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Right. And that maybe it made sense for him to form a short short term alliance. Who knows? Maybe it will be Braun as the one who decides he's done with them after after this pay per view. Um, I don't know, but and I could be totally off on that. Maybe Vince envisions a nice long heel run for for uh, for Braun Strowman, but um, that one ab- absolutely was a was a head scratcher for me. And uh, you know, I don't know why you can't have you know baby face one and one A in Roman and Braun, uh, other than it's Vince's obsession with Roman Reigns being <laughs> the top dog, and he's got to beat everybody, and and he's going to beat Braun Strowman. Mick Foley being in this match, you talk about everything. You have to look at every decision being made, logical and and what seems illogical, through the lens of okay, is do I imagine Vince thinking this is a path to help Roman Reigns get cheered and seem like a big star? Is it to give him a rub, give him, put him in a position to get cheered? And Mick Foley being in this match makes sense. And you know, the anniversary of of the big Hell in a Cell match with Undertaker makes sense to have him there. It adds a little extra celebrity to the match. So in and of itself, it's fine. Uh, but is there something else at play here, especially kind of coming in at somewhat short notice as the special referee without a real n- reason to have a special referee? As Michael Cole, I think somewhat comically, uh, unintentionally comically put it, after the big Mick Foley announcement, he goes, well, Mick doesn't really have much to do because referees just have to count three or call, call a submission because it's anything goes. We don't really need a referee. I was like, well, right. okay, boy, that sure makes me excited. So. Mick Foley isn't there to be a special enforcer because there's nothing to enforce. So is he there to create a situation where Braun is a meanie and Roman comes to save the 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 uh, the the, the um, likable legend that is Mick Foley? 
that's the only scenario that I can envision uh, as to why Mick's in there. But but even then, you know, Mick has because of Mick's uh, physical condition. I know at least when I was in WWE, there was a no touch clause there. I mean, Mick Foley literally cannot be touched. So I don't know what you can do as far as physicality with Mick in that cage and with, uh, you know, as far as Braun Strowman doing anything physical to him. I don't know if, uh, you know, those limitations or that edict that Mitch, that Mick can't be touched has, has been modified for this just one time only. I don't know, but you know, on the surface, it just seems to me like he's in there for the, uh, nostalgia and, you know, for the fact that he's so, uh, connected to the hell on the cell match. Uh, but yeah, the only scenario that makes sense is, as you said, him being in there and being in some kind of jeopardy and, you know, who's going to, you know, no one wants to see Mick Foley, the lovable Mick Foley in any kind of physical harm. And is that another way to get people to cheer for Roman? Uh, that's the only thing that makes sense. But, you know, again, I, I just don't know how much Mick can get involved from a, from a physical standpoint. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, uh, yes, we got Mick Foley in the match. I don't know if that changes uh, necessarily the predicted outcome, but what do you see happening uh, in, in the Roman Reigns-Braun Strowman match? I, I can't imagine, I mean, I guess I can imagine, but I, I, I would not put my money on uh, the long journey Roman Reigns took to win the universe title and then having a haphazard heel, uh, a haphazardly turned heel Braun Strowman beat Roman Reigns and start a title reign so that Reigns has another chase on his hands. Um, I, I don't see that happening, but I guess with Foley in there, you know, a Foley heel turn would facilitate, I guess, not that I'm predicting it, uh, but it could it could give Reigns an excuse to lose to the monster Braun Strowman inside the cage and Foley could, you know, go heel or something like that. I don't know. I'm trying to imagine something other than, you know, Roman winning because Mick Foley does a fast three count to get back at Braun for, for being a bully. <sighs> Yeah, I, when I was sitting down to make my uh, predictions for uh, for this show, which I did uh, on Wednesday, and you can read on PressBoxOnline.com. Um, I like how you did I, that. I, yeah. <laughs> I learned from you, Wade, because you are the master at slipping in those plugs. So You mean like PWTorchVIPInfo.com? Yeah, exactly oh, like good. that. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I was racking my brain a little bit trying to fit because usually I have a strong feeling on these matches and what's going to happen. And in this one, I'm thinking, all right. All right, let's look at this logically. Uh, Roman Reigns, as you mentioned, has this long chase against Brock Lesnar. He finally gets the title. You know, is he going to lose it already? Well, that's not very likely to happen. But then on the other hand, you've got Braun Strowman. Um, did you really turn this guy heel and have him form an alliance with Dolph and Drew just to have him right after his heel turn fail? And you know, all, all of this was done just to feed him to Roman Reigns. That doesn't seem logical either. But then again, like I said earlier, when you factor in Vince's obsession with Roman being the number one babyface, I have to go to that that latter scenario of, you know, I, I guess Braun really was just turned heel to be fed to Roman in this match. I can't imagine Roman not keeping the title. 
And no matter what happens, I feel like this is the last match. I don't think this is, you know, we're going to see more of a program after this between these two because, I mean, this is hell on a cell. Like, where do you go? They've yeah. already had an ambulance match and a last man standing match and a steel cage match on TV. Like, I don't know where else you could go. Like, this has to be the final chapter. And to me, that leads even more credence to the fact that Roman is going to come out of it with the title. That's why I, I almost wonder is, you know, will this be just a short term heel turn? And 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 then you go into something with with uh, Braun going against either Dolph or Drew. But even then, I'm, I'm looking at the roster and I'm trying to figure out where does where does either one of these guys go next? I know, you know, because I don't know who the next challenger is for for uh, for Roman. Uh, you know, is it Drew McIntyre? I mean, right now he's one half of the tag team champions. You know, is is Drew, is is Dean Ambrose going to turn? And you know, I don't know. I don't know where they're going. And in a in a sense, that's good, right? Because yeah. I think too often you can say, okay, why well, see they're going from here to here, and then it becomes very predictable. I don't know where they're going with Roman. I don't know where they're going with Braun. I don't see any logical next opponent for either one of them. But I also don't see this again. Where do you go after Hell in a Cell? I, I just don't know. So we're asking a lot of questions. And, you know, I, I like that feeling going into a match. It's, I don't, I, it's wide open, and I really don't know what's going to happen. Let, let's go back to Charlotte Becky and just kind of get your prediction on that, too, because um, I'm, I, I assume they want to keep Charlotte strong, but if, the, if Becky is something more than just there to fill time in, in, with Charlotte, um, you, you don't want her to lose and, and just get cooled off after the heel turn. So it, that, that's a challenging situation, too. What, 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 what's your prediction on that? I mean, my read on it is, you know, I don't feel like Becky's just being, you know, we talked about Braun being, you know, turn heel just to be fed to Roman. I don't get that sense with Becky that she turned heel just so Charlotte could have an opponent on pay-per-view for the next couple of months. I really believe, you know, and, you know, hopefully not naively so, that this is a big push for Becky Lynch. I think she's going to win the championship eventually. I, I, I predicted that she'll do it on this show. And I think we're going to be off to the races there with Becky Lynch as a heel champion. Put Charlotte back in chase mode, um, which is you know Charlotte's over with or without the title. Obviously, I think she's the the top female in the company um, from a work standpoint, from a personality standpoint, and um, you know I don't think she needs it. Let's put her in chase mode. Let's put the title on Becky. Let her be that heel champion. And, uh, you know, I, I, to me, that's exciting, and that's what I want to see. So that's what I'm hoping to see anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, well, let, let's talk about uh, Ronda Rousey and yeah. what, how you feel that she's doing um, a, as we head into, uh, in, into Hell in a Cell and her title defense against Alexa Bliss with injured ribs. Um, I, I like what they're doing. I, I like the angle on Monday with um, – the rib injury so now we know that she's going in you know that's the story of the match clearly what we saw with ronda and and alexa bliss at SummerSlam is that alexa bliss doesn't really belong in the same ring with someone on ronda rousey's level which i totally agreed with i thought that's the way that match should have gone i would have even gone further and you know and i wrote this i would have gone ultimate warrior honky-tonk man from <laughs> SummerSlam back in the day and had you know the match end in 10 seconds but they made ronda really dominant that's what they had to do so going into this rematch obviously alexa needed something to make you feel like she has any kind of a chance so i think the rib injury does that and this match obviously i, I don't think will be as one-sided it'll be more competitive but certainly i don't see ronda uh dropping the title so i think i think they've done a lot good with ronda up to this point it seemed to me this past uh monday 
for the first time, I thought she didn't look great in the match. I, I think there were a few clunky moments in there. Um, but that doesn't bother me too much because she's not like anyone else on the roster. She's more of a fighter. That's the way she's promoted. She's more of a fighter that her style is completely different than everybody else's. So if there's a clunky moment here or there, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to be chanting at her for, for botching moves or anything like that. But I, I, I think they should be very happy with um, Ronda's progression at this point, what they've done with her. Um, you know, it was a little bit of an uphill battle at first when she first came in. There was kind of a mixed reaction from the crowd. And, uh, you know, I, I don't hear that at all. And I think that's been that's due to uh, Rhonda herself. And it's due to WWE creative putting her in favorable positions and having her work against the right heels. And um, again, I think Ronda Rousey to this point has been nothing but a, a, an amazing success story. It, when we look at the Charlotte Becky match and, and predicting what happens there, part of it is. Either either Becky or Charlotte are going to be an opponent for Ronda Rousey at some point in some yes. form or fashion. Um, you know, do, do you think at Survivor Series that they just do the champion versus champion and do Charlotte and Ronda that soon, or do they drop the the? Are they selective, or do they drop that Survivor Series is where the brands face off against each other? Because that feels like it's too soon, especially um, coming right around the t- you know not too long after the Evolution pay per view. Yeah, it, it, it could happen. I feel like that's a match that they should hold off till WrestleMania. And I think you can really build to that, and it needs that long build. I think it's a missed opportunity if you do it at, at, at SummerSlam. Um, you know, but WWE has gone to to matches that I thought they that could have been WrestleMania matches early. You know, just within this past year, I thought they did Roman and John Cena on on uh, pay per view when they could have waited. I think they did Roman and and Braun in this, or uh, I'm sorry, Brock Lesnar and Braun could have been a, a wrestlemania main event uh which i thought they gave away you know too soon on pay-per-view um so uh, you know I, I don't know i i agree with you i think it's too soon i think charlotte is uh is, is got to be ronda's wrestlemania opponent um you know the other the kind of sad story here is i looked at when ronda first came along i thought there's there are two money matches for her down the line and that's charlotte flair and oscar and now I think there's one money match, and that's just Charlotte Flair. I think it's absolutely criminal uh, the way Asuka's been booked. And to me, WWE booked themselves right out of a money match because I don't know that there would be any interest right now in Ronda, Roz- Ronda Rousey and Asuka. I mean, unless they rehabilitate Asuka, turn her heel at some point, turn her back into a killer, you know, I, I just I look long term and I don't see any. Any real competition, any match where you're like, wow, this is – I can really picture this person giving Ronda a run for their money now that Asuka's sort of out of the picture. Does Vince McMahon look at Asuka and see someone who's short with weird facial expressions and broken English and just think, time to make fun of her because what else am I going to do with her? Like I, 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 he doesn't seem to have in him – Except maybe with there's a little bit with Brock and Ronda, but they were like legit MMA stars. He doesn't seem to embrace or have it even cross his mind. It's enough to just have her be a badass who's just really good in the ring and wins her matches. And people get behind her because she's that damn good. Like it doesn't seem to cross his sports entertainment mind that pro wrestling fans would like to see that storyline told with somebody as impressive as Asuka. Well, and I think now I don't want to, you know. I don't want to go down the path of, um, you know, Vince having being prejudiced or anything, but I just, you know, it, it, I, if you look at the path that sort of Asuka's taken and Shinsuke Nakamura have taken, they, they've kind of mirrored each other, right? They came in with, you know, 
well-deserved big reputations. Um, eventually, both of them were, you know, they had a great spot. They both won the Royal Rumble, uh, if you'll remember that. Uh, both won the Royal Rumble, went to WrestleMania, and neither one of them won the title. And and they've kind of been pushed out of the, you know, Asuka's fallen further than Shinsuke has. But I think, you know, and, and now Shinsuke's kind of being played for, for laughs to some extent, and, and so is Asuka. So, yeah, I think Vince's view sometimes of characters that he doesn't necessarily understand, uh, whether they be foreign or not, I, I, I think that's, you know, I think you can see that, that there are just certain characters he doesn't get. Asuka, to me, was the easiest character in the world <laughs> to book. You know, just the way she was booked in NXT. And I know NXT and, and you know, the main roster don't always. It's it's different. I get that. It, it, it is a different type of audience. But Asuka, I mean, that was a no It's a no brainer to, to make, you know, that undefeated streak. She had something going for her. Um, I thought that ended prematurely. But, you know, I was OK with it because, hey, if you're going to let someone end it, let it be someone like Charlotte Flair. That's fine. Uh, but, you know, I, it, it pained me. You know, to see it's pained me for weeks to see Asuka, you know, putting over Carmella and and being marginalized, and then she can't even get on TV. She's doing dark matches and main event matches, not main event on the show, main event the show um, that nobody watches. And, and now, you know that that segment with uh, with her and Naomi, where <laughs> you know, um, did, did me, you uh, did you notice the they cut to a crowd shot after that? And I thought it was hilarious. I just popped. I'm like, they were all standing there with their heads turned to the right, looking at the big screen like, uh, what did we just watch there? And that's not yeah. why I'm here. Like, I, yeah. I can't imagine a worse time to go to a crowd shot unless the director was trying to make a point to, like, Vince, you know? like There was yeah. no reaction. There was no reaction. No one laughed. No. And to your point, they looked like they, they really didn't know how to react. And, um, you know, look, I'm all for getting per- – you know, if they feel like they need to get some more personality – out of Oscar, I think the language barrier has hurt her, um, and I think to to some extent that could be on her uh, for maybe not interacting is terrible. I mean, I'm just going to say, I yeah, mean, her facial expressions and acting is so cornball yeah. and over the top. It might be how she's been directed, but it's like she went to the Jimmy Hart school of promos, you know. <laughs> and and I don't think it served her well in NXT, but NXT, I feel tried to pull her away from that tendency to over enunciate and make these weird facial expressions and right. like play into that and it, it felt amped up and it's like no be beat Samoa Joe you know like calm right. serious right. I'm going to destroy you because I want to be champion and have people get the chills because of the way she looks at the camera when she says it like Joe does that seems like an easy call to me, and they went the cornball route with her. If she wasn't a great wrestler and she was just a funny comedy figure, so be it. But she's right. so good in the ring. Yes, and I think the other thing, not not just the way that her her, her delivery, promo delivery, and so I, I think I don't know that she's done herself any favors as as far as trying to learn better English. Yeah, and, and I think Vince sees her as someone who can't, you know, if you can't speak English. Well, like Shinsuke is fine. Shinsuke does just enough. And I think the fact I think it was very clever that once he turned heel and he did the no speak English, <laughs> I thought that was fantastic uh, because we know he can speak better English. But with Asuka, I think she really does struggle with the language. Um, and I think that holds her back in some way. I've advocated getting her a mouthpiece. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I threw out a crazy name like, you know, why not somebody like Medusa, you know, who's, who's uh, spent time in Japan. Yep. Uh, she's, she's in the WWE family now. She's in the Hall of Fame. Have Medusa, who was an ass kicker, just like Asuka, and, uh, and let, her, let her talk for her and let her translate. And, you know, I, I think Medusa spent so much time in Japan. I think she speaks Japanese. To, at least I think so. Um, but, you know, that would help her out so much. And I think, you know. Having having Oscar sort of take the Brock Lesnar approach of, you know, um, I speak with my actions and I'll let this person use the words, I think could have gone a long way. But uh, I'm very just very disillusioned with Oscar's place on the roster right now. And, and uh, I don't know if at some point she'll get a reboot. You know, I can only hope. Otherwise, it's, it's really a waste of a talent. And uh, and like I said, it's it's a waste of I think you just you, you lost a money match. I mean, she's lost so much of her mystique now. I don't know that you can rebuild it, and I don't know if Rousey and uh, and Oscar will ever be what it could have been. Let's uh, let's shift to speaking of Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. Where are you on the Samoa Joe fairy tale segment on Tuesday's show? Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, or not sure? Well, I'm really I'm going to say thumbs in the middle because I'm really torn. I loved the idea of the segment. I thought whoever wrote the uh, actual fairy tale did a fantastic job, and, and I just love that whole thing of you know uh, making this whole story of of uh, trying to you know separate AJ from his family and he's a bad father, he's a bad husband into this fairy tale. I thought that was all great. My only issue with it is I don't know that that's Samoa Joe's character, as we just said with Asuka sort of doing the cornball thing. Um, and you mentioned Joe, the, you know, very to the point, no nonsense. I don't know that Joe's the guy that would have sat there and read the fairy tale. That's my only issue with it is because think about it. If you're looking at this logically now, we know, obviously, it's entertainment and, you know, a WWE writer put that together and he read it. But let's say it's let's you know, there's not supposed to be writers in the in the real world. Right. It, this is something that Joe put together himself. I mean, we're supposed to believe badass Samoa Joe sat down and wrote a fairy tale or had someone write it for him. That was the only problem I had with it, as I thought it was out of Joe's character. But I loved the idea, and I think with a different heel, it would have been maybe a little more logical. Yeah, I, I like the segment. I give it a thumbs up. I, my my only reservation, and it's 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 a small one, um, and normally it'd be a big one, but is is how overproduced it was. Um, that that there was such an elaborate aspect of of the what do they call posterizing or yep. what? Yeah. Uh, um, the, the, the characters and then having it all be animated. It was so produced. Now, again, it's, it was just a small thing. I think it fits this Samojo character. I, I've said this Samojo character seems like the, the, the villain in Cape Fear, where his, he's just, when you don't see him on TV, I imagine Joe is working out, and when he's working out, he's thinking of ways to psychologically torment AJ Styles and his family and get under AJ's skin. And I can imagine Joe sitting down with somebody uh, maybe someone who he like st- like grabbed like like kidnapped coming out of some graphics art start <laughs> building and grabbed him and said don't tell anybody but you were going to sit down for five hours and do this for me like I don't know that I need the details on this because I do believe that Samoa Joe isn't just you know the, the gruff mean Ole Anderson I'm just all business so I'm going to beat people up like I think Joe has this 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 um, Jake the Snake Roberts, I'm trying to think of another example, somebody who uh, uh, just wants to psychologically 
torment his opponents. And that he's, I think Joe comes across as somebody of high intellect. He's not just a guy who went through the sports department, wrestling or football at college, and but had bad grades. Like, I see Joe as somebody who is reading psychology books on the side. Um, a little bit of what they're trying to do with Lars Anderson in NXT, I guess. Lars Sullivan, excuse me. Uh, old yeah. Anderson. Uh, Lars uh, Sullivan in NXT, where it's like, this guy's smart, and he's messing with AJ's mind, and he is diabolical. I buy it. I don't have Joe pigeonholed or in a narrow lane as just, you know, a, a Braun Strowman two point, you know, SmackDown version of, uh, you know, beat people up and, and enjoying it. So I, it totally worked for me. I understand people not getting it. I don't think it's fair to just decide what Joe is going to be and then hold it against him for being something more than that or different than that if that more than and different than is well executed. And I thought that was really well executed, and I think the payoff on that last page made it for me. I popped for that. Joe smiling with the WWE title with AJ's wife and daughter next to him smiling. I loved that. And AJ better not do a collar and elbow hookup on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree. with. I certainly agree with that. And look, I I, I get it what you're saying with Joe. No, Joe isn't Braun Strowman. He's not just this kind of all-out brainless monster. I get it. And I've loved the the mind games. I think it's been a great build. I, I've loved the aspect of it of, uh, you know, playing the psychological aspect to it. I, I, I think that's been great. I guess I just would draw the line. And again, it's it's a fine line. Um, I don't think it, it hurt anything. I just thought, the Joe with the fairy tale book, look, I get him, you know, saying saying stuff to Joe's uh, or to, to AJ's wife and, you know, daddy's coming home and I'm going to drop by and, you know, we'll have a barbecue, you know, all those things. And AJ, you're a bad father. Like that I get getting in AJ's head with his words. I got, um, I thought the book and, and to your point, the overproduced segment with the lighting and everything else, I thought that's taking the cycle. Like, I don't know that Joe would take the psychological games to that level you know, that seems something more like maybe a Bray Wyatt would do. Um, but but certainly I think the build's been very good and, and I've liked the, the, the aspect of AJ's family being brought into it. Look, you could have AJ against Samoa Joe as, you know, two great wrestlers and, you know, the long-running champion and, and the guy who's this badass that nobody's been able to stop. And that would have been fine. But I think when you make it personal like they have um, – you know, I think it just adds so much more to it. And it's, you know, Vince always had a saying when we were, when I worked there, and I'm, I'm guessing he probably still does, is that whenever you would have a title program, he would say, it can't just be about the title. And I know that might bother purists to some extent of why can't it be about the title? You know, and maybe sometimes it can, but I think whenever there's an element of a personal issue, a deep-seated personal issue. I just think it adds so much more interest and anticipation to the match, and the, and the fact that AJ and Joe, and you know, they acknowledge that they've known each other for twenty years, and this isn't a stranger. This isn't someone coming out of the shadows and, and threatening AJ's family. This is a guy who he considered a friend, somebody he's known for twenty years, but up and down the highways with. And I think that just adds so much more to it, and and I'm really yeah. looking forward match yeah I, I think you know you can't have it just about the title but it has to be about the title sure in addition to other things and sometimes i think vince sometimes goes too far in the other direction you want you want the champion you, you need roman reigns talking about that championship belt more and what it means to him oh absolutely you know and, and you need aj doing that i would say even more than he does even you know the house that aj styles built that's nice but that's about being at the top of the brand but then follow up by going in this championship is something i need to have I need to add this championship in order to run this house, and you're not going to take it over. 
It's so prediction time, because uh, I don't know on this one. You know, and we can look at Survivor Series and go, well, if they do champ versus champ, is it more likely Reigns against Joe? Um, because then Reigns maybe is more likely to be cheered, but is he? Or is that embarrassing if he's against Joe? Because fans will actually <laughs> cheer Joe, so let's put him against Styles, so at least there's an excuse if Reigns gets booed, because Vince can go, well, you know, AJ is the people's choice, and that's no big... There's, there's no, that doesn't mean they don't like Roman, they just like AJ more. Maybe they don't do champ versus champ, um, and they do something else at Survivor Series, so that's not really a factor here. Uh, uh, is it time for Joe to be champ? Has he been that strong? Or is there something on the horizon for AJ that it makes sense to have him be a long-term champion? Don't interrupt it. Um, and this isn't a Hell in a Cell match with AJ and Joe, so they can maybe do another match. Well, I'm going to hedge a little bit and say I could see it going either way because I'm really yeah. good. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, if, you've, if, you, if I'm forced to make a uh, prediction, and uh, I did, uh, I, I went with uh, Joe. I, I have a feeling this is going to be the title change. And my feeling is if they don't do it here, um, I don't know that they're going to do it. I just feel like the time is right on this one. Um, that th- put, put the title on Joe, put AJ in chase mode, and my ultimate feeling is AJ will get it back. I don't know that Joe's going to get a long-term run. I think he's going to win it on Sunday, and I think the, the program will continue. And once we get to the blow-off match, AJ will regain the championship. Because I do think Vince likes the idea of AJ being a, a long-term guy. Uh, but he's had it for 10 months. There's no reason he can't lose it and, and have to work to get it back. I think that, I think that helps AJ as a character. Um, you know, he's been, like, you know, 10 months is a long time by today's standards to be the champion. And he's overcome every obstacle, every challenger. Let's put him now where he, has, he loses the title and he has to fight his way back to the top against a guy who who's gotten his you know he's he's attacked him mentally and certainly physically uh he he's a threat and uh you know i I think it's good for aj to be in that in in that challenger mode again so i'm leaning towards the title change but it wouldn't surprise me if it didn't happen i didn't think it would happen at SummerSlam. i thought that was too soon i actually you know i don't usually i'm not very good a lot of times on my predictions but i was right on a lot of my (laughs) SummerSlam matches i predicted it would end in a in a count out or a dq and you know i I didn't feel like the time was right there for the title switch but i do feel more like now after the storylines played out like now's the time I, I I lean my I, I'm not putting money on anything, but my my preference I guess is for Joe to win, and and I'm kind of leaning towards a long Joe title reign. First of all, just having watched Joe's whole career and what he did in Ring of Honor, and and that that was just such a remarkable long ROH title run against such a diverse mix of opponents. I think if you just stack the matches and you have to watch a series of world title matches from the past 20 years, I don't know that there's many in the United States that compare to, to the diversity and, of opponents and match quality that Joe had in that ROH title run. Um, and, and, so, and then what he did in TNA and in front of a smaller audience during his prime years, and then how good he is now. I think he's better now than he even was in NXT um, as a character in, in the ring. I'm not for handing out title reigns as gold watches. Oh, he was around for a long time. Why didn't he get a world title run? Because not no, everybody me, gets I'm a world either. title run. Yeah, right. like exactly. Yeah, but with Joe, like I wouldn't call it an exception. I would just say he's one of the few who, because of what he's done and where he is today, it's not charity. I want to see him walk out with that belt and have SmackDown be his house and tell that story the way that Joe can right now. No yelling, no frothing at the mouth, no screeching, just be Joe cool. 
and own that own that brand and say bring it on and AJ comes at him and he finds a way to win and then Brian comes at him and they have great matches hopefully but he finds a way to win maybe they build up Jeff Hardy for for that for that moment and that maybe gets us to WrestleMania you do a superstar shakeup you get some fresh opponents for Joe and then Joe's such a badass that eventually the heel comes along who turns Joe face and the fans just like Joe because he's so badass. And then you have the right heel opponent opposite of him. Hopefully Roman Reigns, but maybe not. Um, and uh, and and so to me, I like that. Like I look at the landscape with AJ, and it's like Randy Orton. I'm not all that excited about that. Shinsuke Nakamura again, definitely not yet. The Miz, that's probably what they will do if AJ gets the belt back. Maybe yeah. a face face match with Daniel Bryan, build up Andrade, but he's not there yet. So I don't see a lot of possibilities there. I think you can build up Rusev against Joe, you know, like as, as a, uh, you know, one month or two month uh, feud or something to fill it, you know, a, a gap or something too in TV. I think there's more options for Joe on the SmackDown roster as it stands. So for a variety of reasons, I'm kind of hoping, even though I'm, I'm all, I don't change titles just to pop interest or because people don't expect it or whatever. Like I like long title reigns. I'm not going to be disappointed if AJ's champion for another 10 months, but I'm leaning a little to Joe right now for those reasons. And I certainly understand those reasons. And uh, it, it comes down to, as you know, so often in these conversations that we have, it just comes down to what does Vince McMahon think about a guy? And um, I think it's pretty clear that Vince is really high on AJ. And I think, you know, again, I'm just I'm trying to sort of read the landscape here. And I think he sees Samoa Joe as a valuable guy and, and, a, and certainly a worthy challenger and maybe a guy he would give a title reign to. I don't necessarily think he'd give a long title reign to Samoa Joe. I, I I just I just have this feeling that Joe is not that guy for Vince. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he would look at him as as uh, Brock Lesnar light, and I and he's yeah. used that kind of phrasing uh, with other guys. You know, it's, I would you call know, him Brock Lesnar full time better matches. <laughs> and better you would us. you know, would and maybe some other people would <laughs> yes the question is would vince i know and I, I just don't think he would yeah no no i i know you have to kind of say all right here's what i think would be best but now what what's what's vince thinking and let's be realistic about it um all right uh up next i mentioned randy orton and jeff hardy in, in the last analysis of potential title challengers depending on aj and joe outcome Uh, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Hell in a Cell. This does feel like a match that afterwards we're going to go, oh, that's why they put him in a cell. Because Jeff Hardy, as he said in a recent interview, really wants to do a Hell in a Cell match and do something wild and crazy because he doesn't have any fear. And so this feud doesn't feel Hell in a Cell worthy, but it's it's a mean it, it's the, it, the structure is there so Hardy can do something that will be different than what Braun and Roman are going to do, which is obviously more within the structure, throw him against the wall, that kind of thing. This is going to be escape and Jeff Hardy does something crazy. That I mean, I, I don't think that's like a, a bold prediction um, or going out on a limb or anything like that. Uh, that's my take. I, I don't know if it even matters that much who wins. If they're setting up Randy as a challenger to AJ after Joe, then I think Randy ought to win. If they're setting up Jeff as a potential challenger for for Joe, if Joe wins, um, then, then I think Hardy should win uh, unless there's an overriding reason. So that's kind of my quick overview, your, your take on that match. Yeah, well, first of all, I agree. It shocked me that this was put in Hell in a Cell. I mean, they have had a very uh, sort of violent 
an intense feud, but it just didn't feel Hell in a Cell worthy. I, you know, I, I really thought Joe and and uh, and AJ was going to be an inside Hell in a Cell. Uh, so I do think they are doing it sort of as a means to an end, get Jeff Hardy as Hell in a Cell match. But I, I see Randy Orton winning. Um, I think it's way too soon in his heel turn for him to lose. I think there's more long term. Uh, there are more long term plans. I think for Randy, he's still at the top of his game. Um, he's sort of been rejuvenated as a heel. It's obviously a role that he prefers. And I just, you know, I'm not saying he doesn't put his full effort forth as a babyface. I wouldn't say that at all. But I think as a heel, he just, you can really, he has that extra little something where you can see he's really invested in, in what he's doing. And I do think he is being set up uh, because I do think AJ, like I said, whether he loses it or not, or I think he's going to get it back. I think I think there's a Randy Orton, AJ Styles program down the line. I don't think it's ever they've ever really had one. They may have wrestled, but I don't think they've ever had a program. So I think that's something they could be setting him up for. Jeff, I think, is going to be more of sort of the popular upper mid-card guy. Um, I don't necessarily see him as a title challenger anymore. I think things might even be winding down a little bit with Jeff. So I think you're 100% right. We're going to see some kind of crazy, insane, hopefully as safe as it can be, uh, but probably it won't be. You know, something that Jeff, you know, feels comfortable doing, but, you know, I just, I, I worry that Jeff's going to do something completely crazy. But I think we're going to see some kind of big bump. And, um, and it's probably going to, he's going to crash and burn. It'll lead to his downfall. And I think Randy wins the match. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it's a very realistic scenario. Yeah. Um, do, do you see Randy as being rejuvenated by this heel turn? Like, what, what's your take on on that and, and where he can go at this stage? Well, my first impression, my, you know, when it first happened, I, I was like, oh, Randy's a heel again, yawn. You know, I've seen this so so many times, um, and I didn't really, un- and I still don't really understand the motivation. He he had a great delivery in that heel promo to try to explain it, but I still don't really understand exactly. You know, it just seemed like WWE wanted to turn him heel, <laughs> and it's just like, all right, well, how's this sound? Let's. What if we say this? I, I don't. I really didn't believe his uh, his explanation. But that said, I think he's done a great job, and I think uh, it's it's what he's most comfortable doing. And, yeah. you know, the the vicious streak, I mean, he's I cringe every time. I wish they would stop showing that segment where he puts his finger in. <laughs> Jeff Hardy. I mean, I, I literally have to turn away from the screen. Yes. Like, yes. Please stop showing that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I mean, this is Randy. Like, this is where he thrives. He's he's the viper. He's, you know, that sadistic. uh you know, he wants to make you cringe. I mean, that's what he said in his promo. So I think this is uh, playing to his strengths. And, and I still think Randy, even though he's been around a long time, um, he's still a guy that's going to be in that top mix. And uh, and Jeff, I just I don't think quite so much. Uh, you know, he's going to be there anymore. Still a valuable guy to have on the roster. He's still very popular. But I think Randy is a guy who will be challenging for you know world titles for some time to come. Then we have Daniel Bryan back in action in WWE, teaming with his wife against Miz and Maurice in a mixed tag match. I I really liked the show-closing angle on SmackDown. I thought that Bryan's intensity and the way that he snapped when Miz put his hands on his wife, I think her boots, but still, um, it was appropriate and and what you would want a husband-to-baby face to do. Um, again, no collar and elbow hookup on Sunday after the, the intensity of the show closing angle. But I thought that they did a good job. And I was concerned a couple of weeks ago that 
people are starting to warm up to Miz and Maurice. Ah, they're good parents. They love their daughter. They they seem nice on the reality show. Miz is kind of fun to fun to boo. He's sports entertaining me, and he's been around a long time. So the edge wasn't there. And and Brie, I think there's some edge there. Oh, she's being carried by Brian. She's weighing him down a little bit, a little Yoko Ono type thing. Um, you know, we just want the old Daniel Bryan, not program with. I thought that they worked through that, and I think fans are going to be pretty unified in cheering Brian and Bree against Miz and Maurice. I think everybody played their role well the last couple of weeks, especially this week. I agree, and I think it's a big testament to Miz as a performer that he can still generate that kind of heat. You know, for all the reasons that you said, um, Miz can be a sort of a likable guy, and I think the other thing that fans realize is just you know they realize where he came from where he started, uh, how hard it was for him to kind of climb the ladder. You know, got a WrestleMania main event probably before he was really ready for it, then kind of went back to the mid-card, was almost a forgotten guy, and yet now he's rebuilt and is bigger than he's ever been. And that's just, that's, that's all him. I mean, it's all work ethic. It's all him with this burning desire. I mean, it sounds like a cliche, but it's true. I mean, having been around him, he really is motivated to – be good at this and and not just get by on, hey, I was on a reality show and I've got a spot here. And, uh, no, he really wants to be really good at what he does. And he's he's made so many uh, some so much progress inside the ring. Um, Miz is a is a damn good worker now to go along with the outstanding promo skills. And he knows his character so well um, and he knows how to generate heat. And he also knows how to be entertaining when that calls for it. So. Yeah, I think, you know, and I agree with you. I think it'll be he's he and Maurice are clearly cast as the heels. Brie and Brian are the baby faces. I do think people like Brie a lot more when she's next to Brian. I don't necessarily think it hurts him, but it it does help her. Um, I don't know that there's as much love for Brie when she's not with with her husband. Um, So, yeah, I'm excited to see it. Uh, I have a feeling I see it going one of two ways. I think either um, Miz and Maurice win. And, and Daniel Bryan's not going to get his, you know, Miz is not going to get his comeuppance yet. You know, we know they have a match in uh, Australia coming up at the Super Showdown uh, with some implications. And the winner gets a WWE title shot at some point. So I, I don't see this. I, I don't see the baby faces going over unless it's Brie pinning Maurice. I don't think you're going to see Daniel Bryan take a fall on Miz. Not not yet. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. What What do you think about uh, Brie as a babyface with Brian, and then the Bellas wrestling at Raw at the same time? There's sort of like this exception to the brand split rule for Brie, which no one's yes. talking about. And I, I no, I, I actually wrote about it. See, you're not reading oh, my stuff. So, no, <laughs> I, no, not enough people. I don't mean it literally. Not enough people are talking about it. The announcers aren't talking about it. Um, people aren't calling on my show and talking. I'm glad you're talking about it. <laughs> it is weird. And with with like Nikki, if the if the idea is Nikki goes heel against Ronda for Evolution, like where does Brie fit in, and and then should that affect Daniel Bryan's character? I I don't think you can have, you know, we see that with Drake Maverick right now. Like you you can't just because it's a different show have a character on a completely different path, can you? Well, they've uh, you know with the husband and wife stuff, they've um, they've sort of broken those sort of traditional lines already and you know as far as storylines go you know it, they acknowledge that that john cena and, and nikki were together and at one point i think nikki was still a heel uh they've done it with daniel bryan and brie where daniel was a baby face and brie was a heel after it was acknowledged that they were a couple that that has happened uh, i think it happened with naomi and the usos yeah uh 
they were everybody knew they were married, and then the Usos turned heel, and Naomi was still a face, or she turned. I don't remember exactly, but you know, um, they've done it before with this weird face heel dynamic in the marriage, <laughs> um, so that it could happen. But I did question why is there's one person in the company, only one person who can appear on both shows. And it's Brie Bella. I mean, <laughs> yep. she's the only one who has that right that she can go on either show anytime she wants. So I think that's kind of that. That's a little strange. Uh, but look, I, if if the Bellas go heel, which it's it, you know I think it's pretty much expected that at least Nikki is going to turn, and it seems like both of them. Um, if you're reading between the lines on on their promos, I mean, I actually don't have to read between the lines. I think they're making it kind of obvious uh, with the way they're being so overly uh, forward and friendly with Ronda Rousey that there's going to be a turn there. Um, you know, I, ultimately, I don't think it matters. You just Daniel Bryan won't. You know, I think they'll split Brie off from the storyline with uh, with Miz and and Daniel, and it'll they'll sort of be in separate storylines and maybe separate shows, and and um, you know they just won't talk about their marriage at that point. <laughs> yes, I I don't know that they really have another viable option. I mean, they can they either have to own it or they have to ignore it. You know, I mean, you can't just kind of go halfway with it because that'll be awkward. Okay, so then uh, we're down to just a couple matches here. Drew and Dolph defending against Seth and Dean for the Raw Tag Team titles. Do you like the switch from uh, the B-Team Revival feud and getting the belts on Drew and Dolph to strengthen you know, the, the, the purpose of this match, but also them as a team? It felt to me a little bit like an audible um, in the sense that uh, a couple weeks ago on TV, B-Team got a nice reaction coming out against Revival, and then they just lost the crowd. And so I, I read that as a bit of a... Vince McMahon pushing the panic button or the you know the, the eject button on that feud. Your revival get beat up and not mentioned the next week. B team get re- moved down to the mid card. Um, is that how you saw it? And, and is that how Vince works? Where one crowd reaction can really change things? Um, you know, possibly one crowd reaction. It might have been. You know, he, we get reports. Well, I say we. I don't work there anymore. Uh, when I used to work there, we would get reports all the time from the agents about house shows. And, uh, you know, the reactions people were getting, I don't know what kind of reaction the B team was getting on the house shows, but you know, if it was not quite what they should, what it should have been or what they feel it should have been combined with, okay, on a raw, they didn't get quite three, you know, it, it, it accumulates. So I don't know if it was necessarily just one, uh, bad crowd. It could have been, I don't know, but I, I'm very happy that they did the title switch. I, I'm not a fan of mid-card comedy acts holding titles. I'm just not. Uh, And that's nothing against Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas as performers or as people, uh, but they've they've been slotted into this position and it's where they are. And look, they weren't, there was no effort made to, to legitimize them. Every time they won, I mean, the whole story was, the whole gimmick was, it was a fluke. Somebody tripped and they fell on them or this or that. That's, they were complete fluke champions. And I just hate that because I, I think it means, it just makes the titles mean less. And I know that's maybe old school thinking, but that's, I've always felt like, you know, to get a title, you have to earn it. You know, it's one thing to be a heel who cheats to get a title, but at least I know you're still kind of good, you know, what you do and you just cheat anyway. Where there's, I don't like flukes. And so, and look, as far as the revival goes, very talented guys. But to me, the it factor's missing. And I don't know how much of that is just on them as performers, how much of that is on how they've been uh, booked. But I just don't, I didn't think they were the savior to the division. So moving the title from the B team to the revival, while yes, the revival has more in ring credibility as far as, you know, they're not going to win by a fluke. 
I still felt like that's not going to excite me as far as the tag team division goes. I think it's much better to have guys like Dolph and Drew carrying those belts, and now they're going to be in a program with Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. I think that now the tag team titles to me mean something again. Um, whereas before it was, you know, it was the mid card comedy titles, and I've I've always felt that way going back to like, you know, Santina Morella as as the U.S. champion. That happened when I was on the writing team, and every week I pitched for someone to take the title from him, because I just I just I just don't like, I just don't like comedy guys holding titles. I, it's, yeah, yeah, it's my preference. No, no, I, I understand that, and I, I think with B team the idea would be tell the story where they win by fluke. And then they start to believe in themselves, and then they don't win by fluke, and they panic, and then they win through merit, and yeah. they kind of have this moment, this this light bulb moment. Wow, we didn't, you know, that that fluke win that normally would have won didn't work, and but now we put our resources together and we figured out how to win. But they have to be on a journey, you know. They can't just be static characters where the gag is the same every week. And I, I think they they abandoned that or or didn't have that on their mind um, throughout that process. Um, well, yeah. I think they lose their appeal, though, because what made them – what got them over to the extent that they're over is they were kind of the lovable losers. And the way they overreacted when they won, you know, that like acting like you know they, they'd won the World Series just because they won a match, um, I think that was the appeal. And I think if you make it more like, okay, well, now – no, they're really good um, and they're not quite as goofy and, and you know, then I think they lose any appeal that they did have. That's why, to me, it's a mid-card comedy act and they have value and they have a place on the card. It's just not as tag team champions. Yeah, yep. Okay, uh, going to uh, Drew and Dolph against Seth and Dean. What have you thought of the chemistry Drew and Dolph have had in their pairing and then also now that uh, Braun has been added to the mix? I've, I've contended it, it sort of feels like three guys standing next to each other taking turns talking. <laughs> as opposed to three people like the Shield, where they each have their dynamic, but you imagine them hanging out together before and afterwards. I've warmed up to Dolphin Drew initially. I didn't see like I liked the pairing uh, because it was it was sort of I didn't see that coming, and I, I thought it was something different. It was a different way to introduce uh, a guy like Drew back into the mix, and I think it was good for Dolph. Um, so I liked the pairing. I didn't get the chemistry was there initially, but I feel like as a work in progress, it's starting to get there. Uh, Braun obviously is out of left field, and it does look strange to see Braun Strowman with you know Drew on one side and Dolph on the other, especially Dolph. Right? I get that Braun might see Drew as this this ass kicker that yeah, this guy we have something in common. I don't see Braun Strowman ever liking a guy like Dolph Ziggler, so. That's a little bit of a stretch. I don't see a lot of chemistry here. But I'll tell you what, Vince, sometimes when you, when, when you look at those guys, you say, well, they just don't look right together. Sometimes that's why they're put together because Vince is like, yeah, they don't look right together. That's why it works, damn it. Um, you know, that that's just, you know, it, that's why Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre were put in 3MB with Heath Slater rather than other guys who may have fit the bill. You know, it was like, well, of course they don't look right together. That's what's that's why it's good. You wouldn't expect it. So, you know, I, I, I don't I really don't believe this is a long term alliance. Could be wrong. We'll see how it plays out. But I just don't I, I think Dolphin Drew will stay together. I just don't know if Braun's going to continue to be part of the act. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what's your thought on the timeline of a Dean Ambrose turn? And it's uh, is that advisable 
with his character. We haven't heard a lot from him. He, he They've tried to say, well, new look, a little bit of a new ring style. Yeah. And he was being kind of funny again this week on TV. But we haven't heard that kind of declarative promo from him yet, which leaves a lot of options open. It does. And, and uh, my suspicion is that it's coming. I don't know when, you know, whether it's going to be sooner than later, you know, but I think it's I think it's coming. I think it has to. Like, I think let's look at it, you know, from this standpoint, simply as a numbers game. We talked about it earlier. Like, OK, let's say Roman gets through Braun Strowman on Sunday. You know, who are we lining up as as a challenger? Um, you know, Drew McIntyre, maybe. But beyond that, I, you know, I think there's a there's a program there with him and, and Dean that that's never happened. Uh, they've wrestled each other a few times, both as as baby faces. But um, it's never really happened with a like a blood feud where where Dean is a heel. So um, I think the turn's coming at some point. You know, I actually predicted it was going to happen at uh, at SummerSlam. Um so, you know, I expected it to be almost immediate, but yeah, I don't know what the timeline is, but you think it has to come. I don't think there's going to be a finish. You know, my, my prediction for uh, Sunday's tag match was that this, there seems to be always one, at least one match on the pay-per-view now where you get a count out or a DQ or something. And I have a feeling the tag team mm-hmm. title match might be that match. I, it's too soon to take the titles off Dolph and Drew. And um, I don't know that you want to put it on the shield just yet. I mean, Seth's already the Intercontinental Champion. So, uh, and I don't think you want to beat Ambrose and, and Rollins either so I think that's our double DQ or something like that yeah yeah I, I, I'm with you on that and then uh finally uh New Day versus Rusev Day I don't think we've ever we've had Express versus Express before <laughs> <laughs> rock and roll and midnight that kind of thing I don't know if we've ever had I don't know if we had like birds against birds like was there free birds against something like I, so anyway, someone come up with an example of, of another another time where two teams faced each other, uh, even warriors. Like, did we ever have road warriors against some other warriors? I don't believe so. Yeah. So so anyway, as, in, in as much as that matters to anybody but me, it's kind of uh, interesting trivia. <laughs> uh, but anyway, your your thoughts on the SmackDown Tag Team Title Match and what they've done uh, here, matching up two babyface teams against each other, and the novelty of that, and Vince McMahon's usual uh, attitude towards that, and if this surprises you. Um, well, it's weird because Rusev and and Aiden English are kind of in this weird, like they're sort of baby faces, but are they really? Like they've kind of, I don't know, kind of gone back and forth a little bit. Like I, I don't feel like there's ever a real full baby face turn, even though they they mostly get cheered. Um, I, I have a feeling that this is just going to be a, a win for New Day, and that the story might be that Rusev and English are breaking up. You know, it looked like that's where they were going. Uh, Lana sort of playing, as you said earlier, with Bri- the, the Yoko Ono uh, in this storyline. I, I just get this sense that they're still going to break those two up. It's like they put them back on the same page temporarily just as the swerve. And I don't see them winning the titles. And, and I think they're going to break them up, which which I hope doesn't happen because I really like Rusev Day. Like I really like English being part of Rusev's act and, and the singing gimmick. I love it. And uh, you know, I, I don't know why they would – break that up but that's my guess is that new day wins and maybe english screws up in the ring again and and somehow they you know rusev day is no more 
Yeah, yeah. It feels to me that Vince isn't quite sure what to do with Rusev, English, and Lana. Like, yeah. I, I feel like week to week, he he's not remembering what he did a week or two ago, or yeah. he's discarding it. Um, he's making up as he goes along. He doesn't think it's important enough that anyone is paying attention and cares. And it's unfortunate because, I mean, the Rusev Day thing is is there. I mean, there was something there. I think Aiden English is, is useful and likable um, as a bit of a sidekick, and he's credible enough in the ring to, to, to seem like it's not a weak link. Um, and then Lana, has her personality just has no constitution anymore. You know, none of them do. And I just want them to figure out what they're going to be and then go with it because there's some talent there. I totally agree with that, I, and I and I totally agree with that. They're making it up as they go along. I don't think Rusev Day is a priority to Vince McMahon, and I think that plays out. You know, that's that's obvious by the way it plays out on TV. Yeah. I think it's it's kind of week to week. Yeah. All right, Kevin. I, I think we hit all the matches on Hell in a Cell, so I, I, I think it looks like a good show. I mean, I, I think it's. It, it, I don't think it jumps off the paper as the greatest ever, but but I think there's uh, some intriguing matchups there. And uh, match quality-wise, I, I expect, I think, Drew and Dolph against Seth and Dean, if they're given time, will be best match of the night with uh, AJ Joe being right there contending. And then some of the other matches I don't think are going to be great matches, but I think they're they're intriguing. Uh, they're compelling to watch, not just for the finish, but also just how what the chemistry is like uh, between Charlotte and, and Becky, for instance, or how the you know Miz and Brian obviously have some good good action in there, and Jeff and Randy will be a bit of a spectacle. So I think there'll be a lot of you know three starish matches and hopefully a couple fours. Yeah, I agree. I don't think there's a bad bad match on the show. Um, I don't think there there are any bathroom breaks, you know, for sure. And uh, I'm I'm really, you know, it's a match we talked a lot about, but I'm really looking forward to Charlotte and and Becky. And um, look, I know the crowd's gonna gonna try to hijack it and all that, and they're gonna boo the heat uh, or boo the face and cheer the heel. I get that. Uh, hopefully, Charlotte and Becky are. I'm sure they will be. They'll be prepared for that. They won't let it throw them off. Uh, but I'm really anxious to see what those two do in the ring against each other. And uh, again, I'm, I'm anticipating a Becky Lynch uh, championship win, uh, you know, and and winning it by dubious means. You know, she should she should win it by the most dubious means possible. And mm-hmm. uh, and let's see if the fans, you know, those those morally bankrupt fans will cheer that. So if uh, people weren't sold on on reading your stuff uh, early in the show, but now they've listened to you, and they're like, I want to read more Kevin's stuff, how do they find you? Tell them again. Or the other way, or if they're like, man, <laughs> this guy, I don't agree with the thing he says. And uh, he's uh, uh, No, if they want to read it, uh, pressboxonline.com. Uh, my hot tag column comes out every Wednesday. Uh, sportingnews.com, I'm a contributor there. Uh, things run there periodically, but every Monday you can read Am I the Only One? Uh, the column that I write, that's uh, every Monday, sportingnews.com. And you can read frequently or periodically, I should say, uh, some stuff from me on rohwrestling.com. Excellent. Kevin, thank you. A pleasure as always. Anytime, Wade. Thank you. You bet. All right. That does it for today. For more current events conversation on a wide array of topics, including Hell in a Cell developments, All In and more, and actually including John Morrison, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Impact on Survivor. Check out yesterday's show, the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, Thursday flagship with my guest co-host, Johnny Fairplay. Earlier in the week over on our Red Brand, you have to subscribe separately to that, our post-Raw and post-Smackdown shows. We're dropped earlier this week with live callers, on-site correspondent, mailbag, and co-hosts. So check that out. Just search Wade Keller anywhere that you listen to Pro Wrestling Podcasts. Enter Wade Keller and be sure you're subscribing to the red logo. In addition to this, the blue logo shows. There are four free shows per week. Get these four shows with the ads and plugs removed. 
and also the seven episodes of the PW Torch Livecast each week with the ads and plugs removed as a perk for being a VIP member. You can get VIP information at pwtorchvipinfo.com. We'd love to have your support. We'd love to have you as a member and earn your business. Check out all the details, including dozens of monthly pro wrestling podcasts that are VIP exclusive. In fact, over 100 per month in total. We will fill up your podcast app with more choices than you imagined were possible. It's like the Netflix approaching podcast, new content every day, and unmatched archives. Over 30 years of archives, including retro radio shows turned into podcasts from the 1990s, going back to the early 1990s. That's pwtorchvipinfo.com. Also, be sure to uh, follow me on social media at the Wade Keller and at pwtorch. That's on Twitter. And follow us on Instagram at pwtorch and facebook.com slash pwtorch. You can also friend me on Facebook at facebook.com slash wadekellertorch. Be sure you're checking out pwtorch.com every day. Updated with news, columns, live TV coverage, TV reports on just about every wrestling TV show out there, including now the May Young Classic. We've got our NXT report up. Uh, later in the week, we'll have our MLW Fusion report up with their War Games edition. And, uh, of course, this weekend, my live coverage on pwtorch.com of the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Join Greg Parks at pwtorchlivecast.com. Right after Hell in a Cell ends on Sunday night, Greg Parks will be live with Wrestling Night in America, taking your calls and getting your feedback and giving his analysis of the show. That is live streaming at pwtorchlivecast.com Sunday night after Hell in a Cell ends. You can also download the show later that night or the next morning. Just search pwtorch to subscribe to the PW Torch Livecast lineup, a new free show every day on different topics, NXT, ROH, MMA, Impact, and more. Just search PW Torch. That does it for me for today. That's the end of my free shows this week, but I'll be back next week after Raw with the Raw Post Show. But I hope you go VIP and join me every day for the Wade Keller Hotline. That gets posted every day. And the Fix with Todd Martin, the Bruce Mitchell Audio Show, and the VIP-exclusive Post-Hell in a Cell Roundtable that I will host with Todd Martin and Bruce Mitchell on Sunday night exclusively for VIP members. Great time to go VIP. Check it out. PWTorchVIPinfo.com Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe if you're in the hurricane zone. Heck, stay safe in general. And until next time, Wade Keller signing off. Please keep us in mind when you're about to shop at Amazon. Start at pwtorch.com slash Amazon. That's pwtorch.com slash Amazon. Click on the Amazon logo on that page, and it takes you right to the Amazon homepage. But that two-second detour by starting at pwtorch.com slash Amazon means we get a commission on whatever you buy on that shopping trip. So every single time you're going to shop at Amazon, don't type in AMAZ. Stop right there and go to pwtorch.com slash Amazon. Thank you so much for your support.